0: Welcome to the Pacific Forest Foundation's Talking Timber, where each week you meet the professionals behind the Northwest timber industry. Hi, and welcome to Talking Timber. I'm Chris Bivens, and this week we'll be flipping the script and I'll be interviewing your regular host, Diane Mettler, about her other role as editor of Timberwest Magazine. As usual, we'd like to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress both dedicated to sound technical education about the forest industry. To find out more about these organizations, visit www.pacificforestfoundation.org or www.pacificloggingcongress.org. We'd also like to thank our other sponsors, Logging and Sawmilling Journal and Timberwest Magazine. To find out more about these publications, visit www.forestnet.org. Com. Okay, now on to Diane. So, Ashley, give me a little background about what you do at Timberwest Magazine.
1: Um, I'm the editor there, um, and I'm the one who tries to get all the content together for the magazine, whether it's articles, columns, guest columns, all that kind of thing.
0: And how long have you been doing that?
1: I have been working there since about 2000, so okay. about 20 years. Wow,
0: okay. Um, and so what does Timberwest Magazine cover?
1: So we cover um, logging and logging machinery and actually some mill operations. We also do a little bit of associations, what's going on around the area. Um, we cover the northwest, the west of the Rockies. So basically logging operations west of there.
0: Okay. So Washington, Oregon, Idaho, California.
1: A little bit of Arizona, Colorado, Alaska. Um just nothing east, partly because those areas, like southeast, um, they log differently than us. And the loggers up here wouldn't get as much out of those stories down there because they use different equipment, have plantations, different kind of trees. So we are very regional. We handle the northwest, the greater northwest.
0: As an editor, what is it exactly that you do?
1: So I am trying to find content that loggers in the area would find interesting and will bring readers um, some information to help them with their business. Uh, and I think that readers like to read about other loggers, the techniques they're using, uh, the machinery, what new machinery is out there, different ways they can improve their jobs. So my job is to try to have an idea of what they're looking for and then find those stories. So I go out, talk to loggers, hope they'll let us profile them, and I work with freelance writers all over the Northwest who handle those interviews and write up the stories. Then those come in and I edit them and I have them proofed, um, and I also write up the columns. But then at the end, we put that all together every other month into an issue. And pretty much my job is continuing looking for stories and every other month putting out a magazine.
0: So how do you find loggers that you end up profiling in the magazine?
1: Uh, That comes from a whole different types of ways. Um, I can sometimes find out from other loggers once we interview them. If they know of other loggers who are really good, someone who would be good to profile, Um, Timber West, our whole team goes out to conferences all over the Northwest, and a lot of times there, I'll find leads from there. Uh, some of the writers, they're out there in the industry, and they also tell me, or even companies like, oh, Tiger Cat or Link Builder, one of these guys, they might say, hey, we know somebody out there is doing some amazing stuff. You might want to check them out. Also, um, different places have competitions. like there might be an operator of the year that was chosen. And I would like to see what they're doing because they were obviously chosen because they're doing something kind of unique. So they come from all over the place. And so you just kind of keep your ear to the ground and keep looking.
0: Okay. Um, and what, what is it that uh, you would say makes Timber West uh, different than other timber magazines out there?
1: Uh, one of the things is that we cover a variety of different kinds of logging operations, big, small, besides the fact that we're in the Northwest and we're regional and we don't cover the whole U.S. We're just various to the Northwest, but we might do mills, we might do small, someone who has a hand mill at their house, um, or a giant mill that's just opening, say in Spokane, they just opened a new mill and we do the launch of that. Uh, We cover small loggers, big loggers, uh, forest wildfires, new technology, we just try to cover a real broad base of what's going on. Right, in the Northwest? In the Northwest, yes, absolutely.
0: Okay. So in terms of readership, um... I mean, what what is it that you feel like your readers are getting from Timber West?
1: Um, I think hopefully the loggers can feel like there's a sense of community. They can see what other folks around them are doing, doing and get some new ideas. Um, I also feel like it allows them to stay in touch with what might be happening around them. If you're out in the woods, you might not know that you know something's going on in Oregon or Washington, or there's this organization, say Timber Unity, what they're doing, and it's a way to kind of catch up um, on what's going on in your. Neighborhood, so to speak, your larger community, but also we have um, social media as well, and so folks can also and new, you know, digital newsletters. That's another thing we do. It's not just print. So um, we want to provide a avenue for people in the industry to find out about what's going on on a variety of platforms.
0: Okay, okay. So what are the so what are some of the big challenges of being an editor for Timber Magazine?
1: Well, or any magazine, really, I guess. Oh, sometimes you can get a story in and it's just nothing you were looking for and you got deadlines. Those are always hard. The story might not be what you thought it would be or the photos come in and they're terrible and you need to go out and reshoot them or somebody got the story into you and then somebody calls and says, oh, I'm, I'm pulling that. I don't want you to actually print it after all after you've gone to all the work. So there's those kind of things. But the biggest challenge is just keeping finding those good stories that readers would be interested in. But as far as a story story, my most challenging, um, I once went out to cover a story and I was going up to the logging operation to take pictures and interview the guys up there at the site. And we like to do that so we can see up close and personal what's going on. Well, I met them down at the bottom at the road and I had my little truck and they said, follow behind us, follow behind this logging truck. You have to stay right behind them because this is a narrow road and they have their radio and these trucks keep in contact with each other. And if you don't stay behind this, logging truck, the other logging trucks won't know you're there and can hit you. So stay right behind them. So for 20 miles, I stayed right behind this logging truck, could barely see, and was hitting potholes at about two or three feet at, with my little truck going 40, 50 miles an hour. I mean, they probably weren't two or three feet, but they were deep. And my teeth hurt by the time we got up there. We got up to the top and there'd been some sort of weird rain or something had happened and the truck got immediately stuck in tons of mud. So they got a piece of equipment like just a big clamp pulled the truck out of the mud straight up in the air lifted it and set it down in a new area after that my truck never ran the same again and from then on I decided I will not be driving up to any more sites I will be riding with the loggers in their logging truck doing the interview there at the top and I am not taking my vehicle up there and at that point I never I've told all of my riders you're please don't drive up there. I don't want to be responsible for your vehicle at the top. So that was probably my most exciting um, oh. exciting article.
0: Um, and do you ever have people that just do not want to be in the magazine?
1: Yeah, I have a lot of those. Uh, there's a lot of people who are just private, don't want to be interviewed. Maybe they're doing some work that, um, they, you know, they found a really great gig they're doing and they don't want competition for it. So there's that kind of thing. Um, but on the other hand, too, uh, I find one of the challenging things also is Keeping it new and fresh, and for that reason, I try to, if I can, travel to some different areas. I've gotten to go to Elmia, Finland, uh, Elmia, Sweden, Finland, to see new equipment coming out um, that you know Northwest folks are going to be using. And I think as an editor, it's really important to stay kind of almost ahead of the game if you can get press releases about new equipment so that you can look for those loggers who are doing those pieces of doing that those new things. But back. I'm going back to your original question there. Sometimes people don't want an article right away because they're testing a brand new piece of equipment. It might be tough for them to um, work the bugs out and they don't want to talk to you for a while until they're feeling comfortable with it and it's, it's doing a good job for them. So and there's a variety of reasons. People don't want to talk to you and they're not necessarily bad. they just not ready for an article.
0: That makes sense. We'd like to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and the Pacific Forest Foundation as well as Timberwest Magazine and Logging and Sawmilling Journal. Due to the coronavirus, the 2020 Pacific Logging Congress annual meeting has been postponed to 2021, but that doesn't mean they're not busy promoting sound, technical, forest education. Their annual auction will be held virtually this year on December 18th. For more information, visit their website at www.pacificloggingcongress.org. Okay, back to Diane you're probably fairly on the cusp of what's going on in forestry and in logging and...
1: I wish I was, I could say I was totally on the cusp of everything, but that's why you have lots of writers. We have one writer who handles new technology. Um, You send different writers out to handle new pieces and I kind of learn as I read their articles, but I also get press releases hopefully from everybody as they get their new equipment or there's new things going on in fire suppression or, you know, anything like that. I try to stay on top of it, but I'm by no means the best of the best.
0: <laughs> but I you got, I noticed you have a um, fire column during fire season.
1: Yeah, we've had fire columns actually that ran all year because mm-hmm. I think fire can sometimes be about um, not just when the fires are going, but thinning and equipment to monitor before they start. There's all kinds uh, there's, Training people like military who has groups who are, are military services who have groups they train to to fight fires. So um, in some ways, fire topic is happening year-round. But we do right now is happening salvage is happening because there was all these forest fires, and so we are looking at articles about how maybe the salvage operations may differ a bit from uh, say if you had like you know new growth you were just cutting down a tree. So yeah, fire does affect stories.
0: Okay. okay. Um, and then I did, you have the emergent technology column.
1: Yep. That was something. we tried different columns. Um, since I've been there about 20 years, we have had maybe four or five different kinds of columns. Uh, this one, um, I have the writer out there looking at all kinds of things because technology is playing a bigger and bigger piece um, of logging. And that can be just You know, they're talking about remote controlled harvesters. You know, there's just all kinds of technology that's making the job easier or giving you better information so you can be more efficient and more productive. So I have that writer out there always looking and trying to find what's maybe some locker doesn't know is out there so that they can check it out for their operation.
0: Okay. I mean, it's, I know you've done call on drones and LIDAR.
1: LIDAR, um, there's there's even things. um, So, for example, the you can tell um, where your equipment is out in the woods, if it, how long it's been running, so you can monitor how much uh, fuel you're using. Uh, there's just endless things that are going on out there as far as new technology, um, and it's happening all the time. Shows like the Oregon Logging Conference or any of these big machinery uh, conferences, a lot of times you get to see what's brand new there actually live, um, but we also try to get it in the magazine because you can't go to a conference every week, so, <laughs> so yeah, um, it is a big thing. I mean, it's constantly improving. I, I know just um, just from the time I've been doing this, the inside of the cabs have changed so much. Um, how much there's air conditioning or joysticks, so people are more used to using those than the controls of yesteryear. And um, I just think the last 20 years, just looking at the inside of a cab is almost like a whole different experience. Mm. So,
0: okay. okay. Um, and I'm guessing the overall feeling is that probably would help a little bit in terms of recruiting kind of younger generation into logging uh, who might be a little more tech savvy or more interested in tech.
1: Oh yeah, um these, these this equipment now is high tech. I you you run it, it's it's full of tech for a lack of a better. It's a video trade. So, 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 yeah, um actually so they now have simulators. That's one of the ways new operators learn versus taking a piece of equipment out there and you know, making mistakes with this half million dollar piece of equipment. A lot of these companies like um Pontier, I think Caterpillar, John Deere, I think they all have simulators where you can go in and learn how to, you know, cut the trees with the equipment and stack them and do all that. Um, the next the whole uh, the whole uh, industry itself is getting a little younger I I mean I look out there and it used to be a lot of old guys out there doing all the (laughs) vlogging and it's just a younger and younger group and there's just a lot of opportunities uh, across the board for the next generation whether it's selling machinery um, the tech side the operations um, it's just Every, even if you're a writer i'm a writer uh, you can be doing like press releases and communications for other companies um, there is a lot of communication needs from organizations for example more and more i believe the people of the u.s basically are not as connected to the rural environment or to the trees or to the forest and they don't understand what happens between the tree and the wood that ends up being part of your porch, your house. And so it's really important to help communicate to people what's going on, that the loggers are doing a good job, they are replanting, they have, you know, they have rules and regulations, they are not just, you know, clear cutting and walking away and destroying the habitat. I mean, I always kind of think of it like a farmer. It's just the tree crop takes a lot longer to grow and then harvest and then replant than a field of corn, which happens every year. These take, you know, 30 to 50 years to, grow and then harvest and then replant so uh yeah i think there's a lot of opportunity just if you're into communications for the folks
0: what's your biggest challenge as an editor
1: um mine is actually finding writers um the first is writers and um because i don't i mean it's not finding the writer it's finding writers that want to write on the topic and i think it doesn't seem as sexy maybe as some other things but i haven't had any problem once the writer gets out there and gets out in the woods and is talking to these Folks, they really enjoy it. But um, also almost neck and neck is finding the stories. Um, that's the biggest challenge. And you're, it's not just a story. You could write a story any day on any logger, but you are trying to find those stories that have an angle that would be of interest to your reader. The reader just doesn't want to hear that that guy has been logging trees for 20 years and he's still going to log in the next 20 years. They want to know what makes that guy different. What's he doing? Why has he been successful for 20 years? Can I learn something from that? Um, has he had big challenges that he's overcome how did he overcome them because maybe I'm having that kind of challenge you always have to look at the story and see is there something that your reader will find interesting enough that they'll not only read that whole story but they'll want to get that next issue because they're finding enough information so finding the story and the writer go hand in hand because I have to be able to communicate to the writers that what I'm looking for and what the magazine needs because then um if we have readers, then it all works for the sales team who comes in, and obviously there's ads in a magazine, and you need readers who like your magazine or you don't have advertising. So everything kind of has to work together, and the biggest challenge is, I guess, in short, making this whole sort of symphony of content and how it's produced all happen at the same time so that you have a interesting magazine every other month. Um,
0: so basically, your yeah, your thrust is making sure you've got something that's useful to your readers and interesting. And...
1: Yeah, and if they don't find it interesting, they're not going to come back to your magazine over and over. And our magazine has been out there since 1975, and it's been going strong. So I think we're doing a pretty good job. And as an editor, I am always um, looking for stories. So if anybody's out there and is listening and says, hey, I have a great story for you, um, you can go to forestnet.com and tell me about it, and I'll call you. <laughs>
0: Yep. So, yep, any, anybody in, in, with any more interest in this can go to www.forestnet.com. Uh, find out all about Timber West Magazine and your sister publication.
1: It is Logging and Sawmilling Journal, and that's also at www.forestnet.com. But if you also you can go to timberwestmagazine.com, and again, and I'll just go straight to Timber West. Um, Forestnet goes to both magazines, but um, uh, the Logging and Sawmilling Journal, which is our sister publication, they handle everything Canadian. So they're kind of like us with a little bit more milling focus or we're a little more logging focused. Um, and I do think uh, i I'm always said like, oh, there's these other magazines out there. You, are you trying to beat them? Are you trying to, you know, you're competitive. And as an editor, I don't think that really happens so much for me anyway. I'm just trying to make our publication uh, Useful and practical for our readers. Um, each publication, when you look at it, you'll see they have a different slant, a little bit of different take, and they cover a little different things. So I don't see us so competing so much as actually offering a big wide selection to a lot of people. So, um, like Logging and Sawmilling Journal and us, we offer a wide variety, you know, Canadian and US. Um, these, these magazines don't compete, they actually help communicate better.
0: Especially since Timber is the best.
1: Oh yeah, by far in
0: the northwest. Oh
1: yeah, by far the best. That, so, it is the best. So there's
0: really is no competition. No, no,
1: know there isn't.
0: Uh, okay, any, any anything I didn't ask? Anything else you want to say?
1: Um, if you see us, um, we're usually at the. I know COVID's happening right now, and that's making things a little difficult for for me to get writers out to stories, and for us to go to conferences. But we usually try to have a booth at many of the conferences in the northwest, whether that's in California or Oregon or Washington, and. We just invite you to stop by and say hi we'd love to talk to you and hear what you want to hear or want to read about in a magazine i'm always wanting to hear what other folks are saying oh why don't you do an article on x i'd love that you do an article x and sometimes i'll just you know be hitting my forehead going oh my god why haven't we done a story on x thank you very much so totally invite anybody to talk to me that's how i find out about stories if you have an idea uh, let me know and my email i'll just throw that out is Diane, D-I-A-N-E, at forestnet.com.
0: We'd like to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and the Pacific Forest Foundation, as well as Timberwest Magazine and Logging and Sawmilling Journal. But most of all, we'd like to thank Diane Mettler for taking time out from her hosting duties to be interviewed in her role as editor of Timberwest Magazine. Till next time, take care.